The Dealmakers, an Agora production podcast, is a unique platform to recognize top-performing real estate partners and discover more about how they make deals. This is your time to learn from the best. I'm your host, Asaf Raz. Here we go. So yeah, here's another episode of The Dealmakers, and today I'm very excited. Um, I have a very special guest. I've been uh, waiting for a while to interview this guy. So this is George Abreu, who's been investing in real estate for over 15 years now. Started in single family, small multifamily properties, and eventually worked his way up to large 100 plus unit multifamily properties. George is the CEO of Elevate Commercial Investment Group and currently has 5,812 doors, maybe more now. I know you have a new deal that came up. We'll talk about that soon. And $325 million of assets under management. The assets are located throughout Texas, Oklahoma, Georgia, and South Dakota. George, I'm so happy to have you on The Dealmakers. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. I know uh, we were supposed to connect a few times and uh, glad I'm here. You know, in the, the life of a very busy real estate partner. <laughs> no, that works. So yeah, uh, George, take us away. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your history. How did you kind of get into this industry? Um, and how do you see it today? And we'll take it from there. I started investing in real estate about 15 years ago, like you mentioned. Um, well, I went full-time about 15 years ago. That was in single family. So I started in single family homes, you know, doing fix and flips, wholesales, some rentals, pretty much tried it all, did some some lease option stuff as well. And uh, really like the fix and flips. So put a lot of focus into that and, and I wanted to really, really scale it. So that led me into starting a, my own construction company to be able to scale and not have issues on the construction side. And that helped. We were doing quite a bit, you know, I think at the highest point, maybe 50 renovations, averaging about 50 renovations a year and then um, about 100 or so wholesales. And then started getting more into small multi, started doing some ground up stuff. And then about four and a half years ago, I got introduced to the syndication model and um, did not know that you could do that with apartments. You know, I thought you had to come in with million plus dollars of your own money to buy these apartments. And I didn't realize that you could uh, put investors together and, and, and take it down as a partnership in a sense. And as soon as I found that out, I, I became a bit obsessed with it. You know, started uh, taking in all the knowledge, hired a coach and went all in. I sold whatever single family I had at that point and put all my focus, including the construction company, everything towards uh, multifamily. You know, I've acquired as of last week, total acquisitions. I'm looking at my board over here, yeah. my, my goals and stuff, but uh, 6,849 units. I've exited out of uh, about 1,500 of those now. So, uh, but yeah, looking to hit 10,000 this year. Done that with a lot of them with partners, you know, co-GPs and, and other investors. In the beginning, I was bringing other investors deals. Now, a lot of them are bringing me deals and, you know, we're partnering with them and filling whatever gaps they have. I feel like your networking game is very, very strong. I've been following you on LinkedIn. I saw the growth in the following on LinkedIn, but you know, it's just a symbol of something else. Like you're, you're doing great networking and I think it shows. And we're also going to tap into that. I know you're also very big on positive mindset and mindset in general. I've seen some of your posts on LinkedIn. I do take some points for myself as well. I'm also big on uh, 
on these things. And I think that my goal here is to tap into that mindset that you have and understand how you make it happen, right? So for example, opening a construction company just to make things a little bit easier for you is not the traditional way a real estate partner would work. You know what I mean? It's just, it's very ambitious. And I think that's also very unique to how you do your business. Yeah. Yeah. Look, and I, I don't suggest it for everybody either. It, it definitely uh, took some years off my life but <laughs> and my hair, but... <laughs> You know, same thing with property management, right? We've been uh, debating bringing that in-house. I'm thinking by the end of the year is kind of our target, but I know what it takes to it's a whole other business, right? Yeah. It, it, not saying you have to do it, but at some point, you know, if you want to have the most control over your deals and, and how successful they are, you, you kind of need to do that. On the construction end, it, it, like you said, it's pretty unique. I had some background in it and I think that's what kind of pushed me to go ahead and do it. I don't think you necessarily have to do that end of it. You, you could uh, hire a good contractor and uh, yeah, yeah. take the traditional route of, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're like a hyper entrepreneur the way I see it. Right. So um, yeah. it, I know it's not for everybody for sure. And I'll just write off that and, and ask you about something. I think um, you probably remember. Um, so tell me about your biggest failure or failures what you've learned from them and how you were able to kind of pop back up, you know, and, and go in like in a good route there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I could, I could touch on kind of what we were just saying. So, I mean, look, at, at some point through this journey, I did find myself spread too thin. The construction company was growing and becoming a beast of its own. The investments were growing and we were doing, like I said, you know, 50 renovations and a hundred wholesales. Those renovations weren't lipstick renovations. They were adding a second story, adding square yeah. foot, like breaking walls. It's breaking walls. Yeah. Yeah. Ground up, you know, we we're doing some custom homes as well and, and selling those. So at the same time, I decided to open a roofing sales branch within my company. And then on top of all that, then I was going to start doing multifamily. So <laughs> it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. Yeah. And you know, I, I just wasn't doing any of it really, really good. Like I was mm -hmm. doing just, you know, just enough or, or good. I mean, when I decided to do something, I, I definitely don't slack and, and I put yeah. into it. I'll tell you this. As soon as I realized that, okay, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep working 24 hours in a 24-hour day. Um, yeah. And I started really focusing on the multifamily, focusing on, on my team, you know, bringing in team members that can really help and, and um, kind of set the companies up for growth complete change, right? My, my entire life. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I can relate to, to the feeling of being spread, spread very thin. Right. So it's like, you, you have too many things on your plate. Do you think that's a failure? It's like, it feels like you're a super excelling guy, you know, like you're looking to excel in everything. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it was a failure at that time because I was failing to, to do certain things as well as I, I wanted to. So what I discovered was, you know what, I need to cut, I need to cut some of this out. The answer I found at least. And and yeah, it, it definitely helped. Yeah. I think I think the focus on the team is always a thing. Like it's I've been seeing this throughout the different GPs I've been talking to. It's always about, you know, the team. I want to make sure my team is a good team. They're strong. They know how to help me get there and grow my company. And um, I think that's like a big takeaway, even from you know, just the start, just the beginning of this conversation, understanding the value of the team. And going off that, I would ask you, and you probably have the same answer, right? But what are you proud of the most? Like, what's the one thing you're super proud of? Mm, that's a good one. 
it's like the flip side of failures, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm I'm proud of what I've built so far with my multifamily portfolio. Every goal I've set so far, I've, I've crushed, and I think that's the power of focus. I've learned to really focus on those main goals and not get too tied up in the little things and not spend time on things that aren't going to push me forward. You know, I, it, it was tough because I like answering everybody's emails. I like, you know, somebody asked me for a favor over here and, and I learned to say no. And, and that was tough. But once I did, I mean, it's really taken me to the next level. The power of no. I feel like if you, have you read yeah. um, Never Split the Difference oh. by Chris Voss? Yeah, yeah, so great. it's like the, the power of no, like every conversation starts with a no and a no can also be, I can't do this right now. Sure. I think it's big for, for people um, that are there are, like that with that mindset of being a really good entrepreneur. Like I want to excel in everything. So learning to say no to people is really hard. I'm struggling with that too. So I, I really can understand your feeling. Yeah. And, and um, you mentioned mindset before, and I didn't really answer your question, but um, look, I think mindset is, is, is huge. And I, and I had to change my complete mindset going into multifamily with the single family and the construction company, you know, I was able to grow that really just me pushing it and driving it. And with my marketing and then, you know, my, my sales, I don't, I'm not, I'm okay when it comes to sales I'm not somebody <laughs> that's going to come in and, and sell you this pen. Right. You know, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If I, if I know it really well, which I, I know the investments and the construction really well, then um, that kind of just goes off on the person and, and they buy what I'm selling. But I say all that because when I went into multifamily, I really needed to change who I was and the networking part. You mentioned networking. Mm -hmm. I wasn't somebody before that would go to a networking event and meet everybody. You know, if I would go to a networking event, I'd be standing there. I look for somebody maybe I, I know already. The whole social media platform and, and putting all that information out there, the videos, that was me. Oh, they're great, by the way. They're great. The Thank the you. the run through videos are awesome. I love them. Thank you. you know, that was me forcing myself to do it. it. It's not naturally. Well, shoot, speaking on stage. I mean, I've I've spoke at I don't know how many events this year already. I've got more to come, and man, I, I would have never done that before. So I, I definitely had to change my mindset and tell myself, "You can do this." You know, um, I've read a lot of books. I've gone to. A lot of events, you know, Tony Robbins, I think is, is great. I know one thing he said that stuck with me was, you know, if you tell yourself you can't do that, then that means you must. And I've done that a lot. <laughs> I, I definitely know that I did a life coaching course myself to learn how to help myself and other people as well. And it really pushed me forward um, in things that I'm doing. So I, I didn't go to university. Uh, I decided to take my own path. So everything kind of just... You know, it just happens because I say, well, I'm going to do this. If I can come through this door, I'll come through that door. So I'm, I really love that mindset. Awesome. So, so I really love your kind of your background story, your personal story, um, and the way that you've kind of built your mindset into this business. Um, I think it's super valuable for other partners as well to kind of listen to and also investors to understand what it takes to be a really good partner or syndicator. And going off that, I would ask, where do you, well, events probably, but where do you connect with other syndicators? And when you do... What are you looking for in a partner? What are you looking for, let's say, in a co-GP? Yeah. So as far as, you know, where do I connect with them? A lot of different places now. I've got a mastermind that, that I host. Actually, the, the first event that I hosted just, just happened last week. Congratulations. Got, thank you. Thank you. Started a coaching program as well. That's another place for me to connect with co-GPs. And then um, just 
all the events throughout the year and social media here and there. My social media messages gets pretty, pretty busy sometimes. Um, yeah. But uh, the perfect co-GP is, is somebody that can bring value. And for someone to bring value to, to me and my team, the, the easiest thing is to bring a deal that's teed up and, and very easy for us to follow. All the information is nice and organized and they've done their homework. That's a no-brainer for us. You know, we we will take it, analyze it. If it looks good, then they're easy to bring on as a co GP. And and depending on what else they bring to the table, I mean, if they just bring the deal, that's good. That works too. If they can bring other things, we'll we'll work that in as well. And then uh, somebody has the ability to to bring equity to a deal is is always another one, right? And we find other ways to get them more involved than just the equity raise. But um, it's definitely a plus. I would say those two things. Definitely. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, well, it's hard in these days coming with a deal is hard. I mean, there is a, there is a lot of conversation and chatter about uh, change of tides with the market and interest rates. And, you know, um, so going off that is it's, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the industry itself. Um, some of the things that you're seeing in terms of current challenges, right? So what are some of the, some of the challenges you're seeing for real estate partners or syndicators that are looking to invest in real estate today? What are some of the the top things that you're seeing? Market wise, the debt, you know, that's number one right now. The rates have been rising and, and to talk about them rising even more. Um, that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely the biggest one to maneuver through right now, getting a little more creative on the, the capital stack to, to kind of make up for that. And then making sure you don't get yourself into something that and find yourself in trouble later. Right. Um, yeah. And I've told others this, like you can't, can't be desperate in this business. You can't be desperate to do a deal. You've got to do a deal because it's a deal, right? And whenever I, I run into somebody that that looks desperate and needs that next deal, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. And then the other thing would be equity. You know, I keep running into this and it's it's mainly beginners or maybe they've done a couple of deals and they try to go for that next big one and they think they can raise the equity because... People have told them, you've got a good deal. The equity will come. That's not true. I'm here to tell you that it's not true. <laughs> you need to plant the seeds. You need to have those relationships built. It's not going to just come. And I've seen people lose real money, like real, like 250000 500000 Wow. Because they couldn't come to, with the equity. You know, they're counting on this equity broker that's going to bring the big check and this or that. And I tell everybody, look, Focus on your $100,000 investors, your $200,000 investors, like build the equity there. And then the private equity will, will come with it. It'll come with your track record and, and whatnot. But I would say those, those two things are. Yeah. It's not even, you didn't even mention something I've been hearing a lot at IMN, which is finding a good deal, right? But it seems like you're, you're always on top of finding a good deal. I've seen a few of their last ones were amazing. I mean, they're I mean it's, it's hard, right? But I, I don't let that mindset, right? The cycle we're in, and I know that. So yeah, we're going to have to look at a lot of deals to find one. But mm-hmm. I, I've been through market cycles. I, <laughs> I, I went through 06. I know leading up to 06, how hard oh, wow. it was to find a deal. And um, this is what it is, man. You got to be flexible. You got to maneuver with the cycle and, and do it with intelligence. Mm-hmm. You know, today you're focusing mostly on you moved from single family to multifamily. Today you do large multifamilies mostly, right? Correct me if I'm mistaken. So again, trying to tap into that mindset, 
what are those specific things that you're looking for in an asset before you invest in it? Mainly the the value add component of it, you know, what that ex- exactly consists of and is it attainable? Is it proven? Is it enough to be paying what I'm paying for the deal? You know, because if you can't add that value and you're paying top dollar, which most of us are, even if it's a, a decent deal, it's still a lot higher than it was last year or yeah. a couple months ago. <laughs> yeah. So as long as I know I can go in there and, and force that appreciation, even if the market was to turn, I could still do not all of it, most of it, and not be upside down on the price. That's what I look for. Yeah, I feel like it's a game of, of it's between like, okay, how does this asset underwrite? And what do I feel in my gut, right? And that's something that only entrepreneurs have. It's that understanding that it's not really a gut feeling. It's understanding the market and the way it flows. Um, and I feel with your track record, um, you're able to do that faster than most people, I assume. Yeah, I mean, look, we have certain criteria we stick to and, and we we analyze deals quickly. Like we know what we want and if it doesn't fit that box, then and that box is ever changing, right? It changes with the cycle and, and whatnot, but we, we try not to waste time. I do see some some people wasting time to say they're, they've underwritten 200 deals and they can't find a deal. I'm sorry, if you fully underwritten 200 deals and you can't find a deal, you're doing something wrong. You're I'm not saying you're underwriting it wrong, but then you're looking at stuff you shouldn't be looking at, right? You shouldn't go deep into 200 deals and not find one. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, perfect. So what we talked about, you know, just just recapping, we talked about a little bit about yourself and some of the things about the industry and how you take a look at how, like, what is your view about of the industry? There are a couple more things I want to talk about. I'm not going to make it that too long. I call this part growth hacks and tech. Um, and this is where... I understand how you made, so Elevate Commercial Investment Group has been growing like crazy, just like you're following. I've just seen that exponential growth. I can't stop seeing either your face or your logo everywhere. And it feels like you're growing very fast. And um, my question to you is, what have you done to kind of prepare or push yourself or your firm for that growth? Uh, Systems and processes, you know, uh, as well as breaking up our, our roles and responsibilities, bringing in team members, there's only so much one individual can do right without whether it's a partner in your in your business or their employees you know whatever it is you've got to be able to break up the functions and delegate it or just count on that individual to take care of it but without that i mean you're just going to snap you know it's not going to the scale is not going to happen yeah for sure and are you using any you know, is any tech tools or anything yeah. that made you more efficient? You know, I know that a lot of businesses are still using, you know, Excel sheets and Google Drive and emails. It feels a bit hectic. Um, have you done anything to kind of make your business move faster in those terms? Yeah, we uh, we just, well, I've been using it for a while, but I've gone like deep into Asana right now um, with the team. Very, very helpful uh, keeping track of our tasks per project, uh, per business plan level as well. We use Google Drive for sure, but that's that's an internal thing, though. Yeah, yeah, it gets it's hard to keep it organized, and you you got so many Google Sheets and all that stuff, and uh, so task related, definitely Asana. We've got our investor portal. We have um, CRM slash email marketing. Uh, we use um, Active Campaign. Active Campaign. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, it's a great tool too. Okay. Cool. That's pretty cool. I know that um, a lot of companies have been struggling with that shift 
So what I see is some of those small GPs that are not using anything right now and are just like kind of scattered between Excel sheets and everything. So it kind of, everything kind of runs away, investor relations and sending reporting and everything is really hard to manage. Um, and I've seen a lot of companies taking on tech. Uh, finally, the real estate industry is taking on tech, tech in the past few years, which is amazing. And, you know, uh, Asana is a big one. I've been hearing Asana a lot as well. And obviously investor portals and a CRM, like everybody knows that you need to have that. So that's great tools that you have there. So two more questions, right? One is um, you're going to decide if you want to answer that or not. And then their closing question is uh, some of the people tear up a little bit. You don't have to, but just so you know. So um, any trade secrets you're willing to reveal to our audience? Any secret sauce that you have that you feel like is special that you're willing to share? Are you, are you willing to share one of them? I'm willing to share. I'm, I'm, look, I'm always willing to share. I'm just trying to think of what secret i don't i don't think anything's a secret anymore there's there's so much transparency out there there's so much gosh i would just stick with i know my secret to the success has been some of the stuff we already talked about but just knowing your criteria focusing on it not letting other things distract just going after it man i have a gold board in your office that you can look at and say where i'm at right now right Yep. It's a it's a great thing to do, right? You just see it there and you say, okay, am I there? Am I not there? Awesome. Great. So last question. And you know, you can take your time to think about that. But if you could go back in time, what tip would you give your younger self? That's an easy one. Being... That's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> the easiest uh, one. Yeah, I would uh, go back to you know starting to invest in real estate and tell myself to to go after the large multifamily. You know, there we so, go. Yeah. The Obviously, big, the big uh, 11 years of uh, <laughs> single family. Of, of, of bringing a single family, bringing your own equity, all of your equity into deals. Yep. Yeah. Invest in multifamily early. Yeah. I think that's a big one. Awesome. So um, this is your part for a shameless plug. Where can people find you? How do they reach out? Uh, website, email, um, whatever you have resources. I'll add that into the description of the podcast as well. Yeah, we um, got a ton of information on our website. So if they go to elevatecig.com, so Elevate Commercial Investment Group, you know, CIG.com. Mm-hmm. I've got a resources tab that has a bunch of free content. I've got an events tab that has all the events that I'm going to be at or speaking at. Uh, I usually have some discount codes in there. Email-wise, if they, if they want to email me and tell me that they heard me on, on this podcast, I'll also send them... Um, what I call like my arsenal of free content. And my email is George or spelled Jorge, right? J-O-R-E-E at elevatecig.com. And um, I'll get that sent out. Awesome. This is perfect. 